This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. Welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Foot Notable. Uh, it is I, David Rhymes, here in Studio 5A, and joining me via phone is the ever-present, even if not bodily, Warren <laughs> Connor. I'm here, but not present. Yes, yeah. good to see you here, everybody, today, and uh, grateful we have technology that can allow me to communicate from afar. Yep. Every once in a while, you get an episode like this where either Orange in studio or I'm in studio and the other one's away because that's mm-hmm. life. And yep. we we have life happening all yep. around all us. And so we, mm-hmm. we're we not just a couple of pretty faces and voices. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we, have, we have families and duties and things we have to tend to. And so there mm-hmm. you go. So for everyone that's listening on the day we release this, uh, and you know what? If you listen to it late, we don't really care either way, but happy May the Mm -hmm. 4th to you all. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you always. So today is uh, Star Wars Day, also known Mm -hmm. as Nerd Day, whatever you want to call it. It's the day that uh, Star Wars fans all over the world get a little bit crazy and celebrate their favorite movie franchise. And mm-hmm. uh, we've posted some things on our Foot Notable uh, page, uh, Instagram, uh, to kind of commemorate that. I am in studio here. If you're watching on uh, Facebook Live or on YouTube, I've got my Star Wars shirt on. I've got my mug of coffee nice. and my Star Wars mug. So I'm, I'm in full uh, celebration mode. Absolutely, man. You're, you're geared up for Star Wars. I am. I am. Yep. It doesn't mean I may, uh, I'm not, that I'm going to get to sit and watch any movies today. <laughs> I know a lot of people yeah. like to do that uh, for May yeah. 4th. But, you know, again, life, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Star Wars. There, there, yeah, there was ahead, a time man. where we would have, stream, we would have streamed uh, or watched movies all day. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, we grow up and we have responsibilities. We do grow up. And that's exactly what we're talking about today in this episode as we continue our discussion on Gen Z. Uh, you know, every generation has to grow up. No generation stays uh, preteen, teen, college, forever. And sometimes we, uh, uh, we unfortunately paint them mm-hmm. like that. You know, there are still people, I mean, goodness gracious, I even heard a conversation, I guess maybe two weeks ago, uh, someone was talking about those millennial college students. And I was like, no. Nope. No, 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 no. There's not been millennials in college for years now. Yeah, four or uh, five years at least. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we understand that these generations do grow up. Gen Z is beginning to grow up, those that are, are later Gen Zers. Um, and they've they're started to kind of give us a clear enough idea of what some of the trends are mm-hmm. as far as how they are growing up. And it's Interesting, to say the least. Very much. And I want to say at the offset that we're just going to leave it as interesting because some of the things we're going to share in this episode, they're not necessarily good or bad. Right. They're different. 
And yep. uh, it's just something for us to think about. And it's something for us to be very much aware of because the way that, that Gen Z is growing up is very different than our generation and especially the generation before us, Oren. Um, you'll yep. see some overlap with millennials. You'll see some of the, uh, these trends beginning to kind of rear their head with millennials, mm -hmm. but Gen Z is just sort of, it's grown really exponentially in a lot of ways Absolutely. with their Absolutely. generation. And, uh, you know, growing up is just part of something we all do. We've mentioned Star Wars a moment ago. Mm -hmm. It's May the 4th. Star Wars was part of our growing up. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of came along with those movies, Orn, and grew mm -hmm. up with them. And, you mm -hmm. know, we mm -hmm. pretended to be, you know, the characters from those movies, Skywalker and Yo, Solo sure. and uh, whomever yeah. else. And it was just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we look back on that you know, the, as children and uh, the toys and, and everything that kind of came with that as yeah. a fond part of our growing up. And so Star Wars has just become this icon of pop culture that is still mm -hmm. very relevant. Uh, so relevant that it even made a brief reference in the greatest sitcom of all time. That's exactly right. They, they, do you think that Gen Z knows who, wh which actors were in the Star Wars, the original Star Wars movies? Like actors, like by name? I, yeah, you know, by name. Like I think, they... you know, with the, with the <laughs> new movies that came out in the last few years, uh, they've been reintroduced to Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. yeah. So, what about Dustin Hoffman? You know, they, they probably aren't aware of Dustin Hoffman's <laughs> role in Star Wars. That's because it, he is in it, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know who else isn't aware of Dustin Hoffman's role in Star Wars? That's <laughs> Elaine <laughs> Bennis. So there's an episode that is oh, one of my favorites because there's so many yeah, funny things going time. on. It's called The Calzone. Hmm. And uh, I, I, I will uh, refrain from going into the rest of the episode. We'll focus on yeah. the Star Wars reference. But Elaine has met this guy named Todd Gack. Todd Gack. Yep. What a last name. Yes. Well, Todd has this sneaky way of getting free dates. Yep. He finds a lady that he is attracted to, and he starts up a conversation, and then he makes a ridiculous bet with her. And the bet is... If I'm wrong, then then you have. I'll to, buy you dinner. I'll buy you. I'll buy you dinner. Okay. Yeah. So I'll buy you dinner, and of course it's it's a lock for him to lose, and yep. so he thought that Elaine was someone he'd like to get to know a little bit better. Strikes up a conversation, makes a bet with Elaine that Dustin Hoffman was in Star Wars. Yep. And Elaine takes the bet. Yep. Or maybe we should say she takes the bait. The bait. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. So she argues with him that Dustin Hoffman was not in Star Wars. Todd Gack is, is trying to convince her that he firmly believes that Dustin Hoffman is. Yeah, he's insistent. And so when Todd loses the bet, he has to buy Elaine dinner, which she later figures out is a date. But Todd denies that it's a date. He's just... Uh, so it's, just it's up, a bet, right? Upholding his part of the bet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's not a And Jerry, Jerry makes fun of Elaine because Jerry understands that Todd probably knows that Dustin Hoffman is not in Star Wars. Yeah. And just and, and Jerry tells Elaine that she's been played by Todd just to get a free date with her. 
and the whole episode rolls out where he gets multiple dates with her by um, by sort of explaining away his his own uh, motives. Right, and it's a it's a it's a hilarious encounter, and that's really the only reference we know of or that I know of that's in the uh, Star Wars reference that, that that's in Seinfeld. But it's a brilliant way to roll that in because they knew that their audience were would have all grown up on Star Wars. All the people that were watching Seinfeld at the time yeah. in that mid mid to late nineties had grown up on Star Wars. And so we all would have heard that and said, No, Dustin Hoffman is not in, in, in any of those original movies and and uh, we would have known that, but Todd brilliantly uh, gets three dates with Elaine um, without before she figures it out. Yep. Yeah. So for those of you that are used to us having a little clip, we tried our best to find one that yeah. zeroed in on that conversation. We couldn't. So we, we hope that we have painted a picture in your mind's eye of yep. uh, this hilarious scene uh, with Don Cack trying to insist that Dustin Hoffman is in Star Wars yep. in order to get a date. Uh, by the way, uh, we do not support such dating advice. Uh, no. So if if you're if you're looking at how to woo a woman, don't do what Todd Gack did. No. Never. That's dishonest. <laughs> exactly. It's brilliant, but it's dishonest. It is dishonest. We don't don't <laughs> don't let dishonesty be be a part of your your dating plan. No, especially if you're like your first date. Uh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Exactly. Well, speaking of of growing up and 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 Star Wars and all the things that uh, came with just our. Uh, our our coming of age, you know, regardless of what you're growing up is like, there's a point where you reach where you're like, man, I just want to be a grown up. Like I, I, I want to have all the things that grown ups have. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, one of my daughters right now, Orin, you know, she loves to point out that mommy and daddy get to do things that she does not get to do. Uh, why? Yeah. Why do of you course. get to stay up late and watch TV? Well, because we're adults and secondly, we've been dealing with you people for all night and we're just want to like sit and collapse. And I need a break. I need a yes. break. Gonna unwind. You know, why, why does daddy get to eat um, a snack whenever he wants to? Well, cause he's an mm-hmm. adult and he has self-control. You know, if That's we just exactly right. open up the pantry door and say, have whatever you want, you guys would just be in the candy dish like pigs on a trough. Right. Cause that's, right. What, that's what any kid would do. You know, exactly. and so this is, I just want to grow up. I want to be like an, like you. I want to be an adult. Mm-hmm. And Gen Z is sort of taking a different approach in their desire to grow up. Uh, maybe not their desire, but at least the speed in which they grow up. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So this is what I wanted to start with. Um, yeah. uh, we mentioned before. Uh, Jean Twangy, uh, again, I have no idea how to pronounce your name really, Jean. So sorry, <laughs> everybody does it differently. So you can, you can, you can email us at footnotable at fbcbr.com and let us know the correct pronunciation. We will definitely yes. correct whatever we're saying, uh, in our, in our podcast, but she's got this great, um, paragraph in her book. Mm-hmm where she talks about her encounter with, um, with a Gen Zer, And I just yep. thought it would be great to, to read it. Yeah, and absolutely. Just sort of give, give the, our listeners a little bit of perspective in where we're about to go. So yep. this, is, this is actually in chapter one of her book, iGen. Azar exudes unbridled enthusiasm 
for just about everything. Talking at the rapid sing-song pace favored by many Southern California teens. Have you seen Spy? It's so good, she gushes. When I asked her if she is a favorite song on the radio right now, she says, yes, Wildest Dreams by Taylor Smith, Blank Space by Taylor Smith, and Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. So you like Taylor Swift, I tease. Well, I wouldn't say that. I've only memorized all her songs, she replies. <laughs> when I ask her what she likes to read, she says, Harry Potter is my life. I love him. She tells me she doesn't have her driver's license yet, so her mom drops her off at school. With her fixation on Taylor Swift, her love of Harry Potter, and the ride she's getting from her mom, you might guess that Azar's 14. But she's not. She's 17. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was reading this originally, and I got to the point where this is a 17-year-old girl, I was taken aback. Um, you know, Jean's uh, effort to kind of show this this gap, so to speak, in mm -hmm. the rate of maturity and likes and dislikes of a 13, 14-year-old girl versus someone you would expect, you know, what they would like and dislike as a 17, 18-year-old girl. Uh, mm -hmm. She did a good job because I was like, yeah, she's talking to, uh, you know, maybe a – an early junior teen, high. a junior high uh, yeah. girl. Yeah. And so this is actually not uncommon for uh, people who are Gen Z. It's this phenomenon of this slow grow, this slow mm -hmm. development into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So here's what we're going to do, Warren. We're going to yep. start off with some facts about what this slow grow looks like. And then we're just going to talk a little bit about why is this? Because uh, there's there's a reason for all of it, and mm -hmm. uh, we want to throw out a few things uh, that are contributing to this slow development into adulthood. So let's just Absolutely. kind of go over a few things here. Let's just start off yep. with the fact that Gen Z teens are less likely to go out without their parents and experience the freedom of being out of the house without their parents. Right. Now, Going out with friends was kind of a big deal for us and our yeah, friends. Yeah, every generation, really. Yeah, yeah, there was a point at which you have to get away from your, your parents. Yeah. Yeah, so we love the opportunity. We talked about this in one of the other episodes about, you know, on the weekend, if we had the mm -hmm. opportunity, maybe it was a ball game. Uh, maybe it was just going mm -hmm. to a movie with friends. Maybe it was, uh, you know, just going to, you know, sleepover kind of thing, just to get together mm -hmm. and hang out and have a good time. We like being out without our parents. Um, if you live close enough to a mall, uh, back when malls were a thing, uh, you know, for, yep. for teens, you know, you were likely being uh, dropped off at the mall by your parents exactly. so that you could meet exactly. up with your friends and you can walk around the food court and walk around the stores, seeing your other friends without a parent being there with you. But Gen Z typically doesn't go out without having a parent, a parent with them. Exactly. And that is, that is a big difference in their development into early adulthood. Uh, because one of the things that happens when you are out with friends, there's no parent in sight. Well, mm -hmm. it forces you to start making decisions on your own. 
yeah. good or bad. Plenty of bad, but plenty of bad. Yeah, yeah, sure. Throw some good in there, but it it exercises that part of your brain that is developing that has to function well as an adult for decision making. And yeah, so the 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 discipline that you are supposed to have learned as a child then now comes into play by the decisions that you have to make when you're not with the people that taught you to discipline to begin with. It's, it's called maturity. It's growing up yeah. into becoming a mature person. And we're seeing that process, as you mentioned, slower and slower among Gen Z. That's right. And so um, th this is going to kind of play into some things later on in our discussion, but yeah, this, this whole uh, connection with parents, and less independence is, is a yeah. big part of why we're seeing this slow grow. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing Absolutely. that may, may surprise our listeners is that Gen Z teens are less likely to date. Yes. And I know I was this incredible. This is incredible to me. Yeah. I was surprised at this when I was reading her book. Um, I just kind of figured it would at least be the same, if not more. Because yeah. let's be honest, Orrin, typically in our conversations, we have this notion that apparently is not completely accurate, that with each passing generation, the, they become more sexualized and sort of obsessed with relationships and romance is kind of trivialized and cheapened. And so there's this idea that, d that dating and maybe even dating earlier just sort of like keeps going up, 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 up. Everybody's looking mm -hmm. for, you know, as we talked about last week, you know, uh, this, this uh, lack of intimacy and sex without emotion. So they're, they're looking for the yeah. hookup. Yes. But what but not the relationship, not the relationship. So in some ways that we see it play out, but we're also seeing just a general disinterest in dating mm -hmm. in Gen Z. Yep. So there are some outcomes to this. Uh, this means that teens are less likely to have sex than previous gener uh, generations. We see those numbers going down. And as a result, uh, we are seeing the lowest teen birth rate ever. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. I not in like 20 years, ever. Ever. Yeah. So ever since this has been tracked, right now, Gen Z has the lowest teen birth rate ever on record. Yeah. And, and, and this is, go ahead. No, I said, and you know, this is one of the things that, you know, we kind of look at as a positive uh, because, yeah. you know, we, we don't, when we see a higher teen birth rate, we see, you know, a, a higher, you know, instant of, of course, single moms, abortions, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the, the problems and difficulties that come with that. And so to mm -hmm. see this trending down uh, and not just down a little bit, it's actually down by more than half. Right. And so it, it's, right. and it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge statistic. And so the, the, the experts, so-called air quotes experts, would right. look at that and go, well, look, look where our, our sex education is getting better. Uh, young people are beginning to understand the, the responsibilities of sexual relationships. And it, it seems like there's a positive sort of growth among young people toward uh, sexual norms and things like that. But the reality is, they're simply, they're, they're not having sex, but the reasons why they're not having sex is, are not necessarily healthy reasons. And so when you get to the underlying causes of some of this, you begin to wonder, okay, well, what's really going on here if it's changed so dramatically 
from one generation to the next, right? On the one hand, as a, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a father, I'm thankful for sort of lower uh, rates of teen pregnancy and sexual relationships among young people. That's a good thing in my, in my mind initially. But you also have to ask the question, okay, well, what changed? What's different now than it was in the previous generations, ours, and even before, where teenagers were not rushing into those physical relationships like others have previously. And some of the reasons why are not healthy reasons. They're actually not good at all. But because the numbers are better, we seem to think that this generation coming up has a healthier mindset when it comes to relationships. And that's simply not the case. Right. And and one of the reasons why we're seeing a decrease in the desire to date is exactly one of the things that we talked about last week. And that is the, the increase and uh, availability and acceptance of pornography. Yes. And so this replaces the relate, the dating relationships that mm-hmm. uh, teens used to be involved in um, with, you know, on-demand pornography and right. it being free and being on your devices. Accessible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thought that, you know, you want to go and get to know a member of the opposite sex better, you know, go, go, go out for burgers, go to a movie, uh, maybe a school dance, you know, because you're, you're, you're curious and maybe there's somebody you really like, you know, those thoughts don't enter into the minds of Gen Zers as much because Mm -hmm. they have this, this uh, cheap substitute um, that is, that is not healthy. Well, in previous generations, in order to connect with a person, you had to be with that person, like right. present physically with them. Um, and, and so even our generation growing up, there was a difference between a phone call conversation, you know, the kind of phones that were stuck to the wall, with the cord, you know, those old things, a phone call and then being with a person. We, we understood there was a, a, very, uh, a very distinct difference between those two conversations, so to speak, whereas young people today a digital FaceTime chat or an online social media conversation is almost viewed in the same level, our same person, sort of personal personability as a face-to-face conversation. In fact, I think you and I would agree that many young people would prefer a digital sort of connection over a physical or, or uh, a one that's in, in, in proximity to another person. And so what that does is it creates this difficulty for them in extending themselves outward to know a person and spend time getting to know them face to face because they can do all of that at home by themselves in their room through all these digital uh, forms that they can take to connect with other people. And so it's hurt their ability or really say hurt. It's hindered them um, from going through the same experiences like say the previous generations had where if you want to go out with a girl, you had to go up to her, you had to give her a call, you had to actually speak with her face to face and ask her out on a date. That's not the case anymore. People start dating, again, air quote dating, weeks or months before they even see each other because they're connecting online. And so you can understand why these relationships are stunted in some ways because those um, those in, the ways of interaction from previous generations have been sort of left behind and new interactions are replacing them. And those interactions are primarily through digital means. Yeah, digital changes everything. I mean, you yeah. think about how often you would physically see uh, your boyfriend, girlfriend, if you're in high school and you're yeah. dating someone during the week. Well, you probably see them at school. 
if he went to the same yeah. school. Uh, maybe you saw them uh, once on a weekend, and that's about it. You know, yep. you, you may get into the habit of calling, but that's probably going to be like maybe once a day. Some people, probably more mm-hmm. than that. We know some folks that burned up some some minutes, you know, <laughs> on their yeah, – you know, ran, sure, ran up sure. their parents' phone bill. Yeah, um, yeah. But today, you're connected with people all the time. Yeah. And so there's not even the anticipation – of getting to see that person. Mm-hmm. They're yep. just right there accessible immediately whenever you want. And, you know, the little ding happens on their phone. Um, the, the little, uh, you know, three little uh, ghosty dots, you know, that let you know, yeah. that, hey, someone's yeah. typing and I'm getting a response. And so, you know, there's just this on-demand accessibility to people that you didn't always have. And so that does play into how people are dating Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think will surprise some people, and to me it makes sense. Like, this is one of the things that really makes a lot of sense when you lay it out there about Gen Z, is that Gen Z teens delay in getting their driver's license. Yeah. More yeah, than amazing. any other generation. Like, at first it sounds shocking, like, why? Mm-hmm. But we have to remember, we're coming from our generational perspective on that. Right. And, like, for us, that driver's license that was sort of the symbol of freedom right if if you had a driver's license you could get into a car legally by yourself crank it up and drive somewhere no parents you could put friends in that car and you could go into town you could go to a game you could go to a movies you could do whatever and you were kind of in charge like you kind of had the power to do that, no one had to drive you. You had this amazing ticket to freedom, this, yeah. Yeah, this, this experience of freedom that you never had before yep. and you wanted it. Like you could not wait to turn the appropriate age mm-hmm. to go and take that test and pass it and get that license. And it was such an amazing thing. Yep. Well, Gen Z looks at that and goes, man, no big deal. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing them delay getting the driver's license. In fact, which, yeah, for us, it was that really that first big step into adulthood, wasn't it? Like for you and I and, and generations before, that driver's license was like you were going to have that for the rest of your life. That yeah. was the first major step as teenagers into the world of being an adult when you could drive by yourself on the road as a 15 or 16 year old, um, it was a, it was a major deal. And it's so like a rite of passage. That was a, it was a rite of passage, a milestone for many of us. And that, that milestone, that rite of passage is being delayed even further now. Right. Because, you know, again, with teens not leaving the house all that much without a parent, they don't have a need to drive mom and dad drive right. them everywhere. Uh, they just, right. they're just kind of hit, hit, uh, hitching a ride. Uh, you've got, depending on where you live, you have access now to things like Uber and Lyft that can take you places without the need of you actually driving. Um, and so it's just not that big a deal because it's no longer, number one, that, that symbol of freedom that it used to be. It's not that thing that connected you to the rest of the world. Exactly. Like if you didn't have a driver's license, you can't leave your house unless somebody takes you somewhere. So you can't see a friend, you can't go to school, you can't participate in sports and extracurricular activities 
unless someone takes you to do those things. And so that license, that car represented this, this liberation. And so I can now go connect with people. Like I can connect with the world. I can connect with these things on my terms, in my ways, without anybody looking over my shoulder. And now the thing that replaces that is the smartphone. Exactly. Because I can do so the, I can do these things, and I can have that freedom, but it doesn't involve me physically going anywhere because digital takes me there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the the um the what we mentioned before about connecting with your friends, the 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 ability to to get in a vehicle and go meet your friends was a big deal, whereas now uh, Gen Z they're connecting with their friends in other means. And so even some of them may not even feel the need to get a driver's license. It's not right. that they want to and they, they can't. They just don't feel the desire to because they feel like their adulthood that, that's, that are growing into is, is as much digital as it is physical. And, and so those connections that they're making, um, the way we made them in person, they're making over these online means. And so there's just no um, – sort of urgency for us. It was an urgent matter to get your license for yeah. them. It just doesn't seem to be the same thing. And that is changing the ways that families operate when your teenagers are not driving at the same time when previous generations had. Yeah. You'll hear stories from teens that get their license. And you're like, Oh, you get your license. Great. Like, yeah, mom and dad made me get it because yeah. they're tired of driving me around. Like exactly. that was not a problem for our generation. Like we were begging. No, for not it. at all. Yeah. Now you have to like, look, that's it. I'm cutting you off. You have to go get your driver's license, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a, that's a big change in the development of, with Gen Z is that delay in going after that driver's license. And look, it's, it's important because, you know, if you're not getting your license, if you're finishing high school and you don't have a license, well, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Yeah. What's the next step? Yeah, exactly. You know? And so there's, there's a lot of implications for that that Gen Z has to kind of wrestle through. And in some cases they're not ready for that next step because it's not really been on their mind. Uh, They've not kind of wanted it and planned for it and prepared for it the way we did. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just like all of a sudden I got to drive myself, you know, I don't want to do that. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle for some of them to take that transition at, you know, 18, 19 years old, back when we were taking it at 15, you know, now 16 exactly. yeah. uh, for, yeah. for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's so, so, so true. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, some other school related things. Uh, you know, driver's license kind of ties into that a little bit. But one of the things we're also seeing with Gen Z is that they're less likely to spend time alone at home after school. Now, you talked about this uh, in an earlier episode about latchkey kids. That was a big thing mm-hmm. for our generation. Our generation, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was not a latchkey kid. Uh, our, my parents' schedule worked out to where I did not have to do that. But, you know, I knew yeah. a lot of lot of my friends, that were they were that way. They yeah. had a key on them or they knew where the key was hidden at the house, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even if, if the door was even locked. And yeah, exactly. you just let yourself 80, in yeah. and it yeah. was understood. You will go home, you'll get yourself a snack, you will get your homework done. And mm-hmm. when I get home, we'll, we'll do dinner and we'll start, you know, kind of our bedtime routine. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of what you did. Hey, you don't go outside and play until your homework's done. No. 
And there was yep. no parent supervising that whatsoever. It was just yep. the expectation. And if you didn't do it, there were consequences. And you tried mm-hmm. again the next day to do what your parents expected you to do when you were at home by yourself after school. And mm-hmm. so we're seeing way fewer what we would call latchkey kids in Gen Z. Uh, but it's not just the, the latchkey kid phenomenon. It's also right. having smaller kids being unaccompanied or unsupervised. Mm-hmm. Now, again, or when you and I were growing up, our parents didn't watch everything we did. No, They would say, like, go outside and play. And they would not stand on the porch and watch us play. No. They watched us out Only the door, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. If something, if something caught on fire or exploded, they would come check on right. it. But it was sort of like, I mean, even in the summertime, I remember, yeah. like, don't come in until it's dark. You know, like, right. when the streetlights come home, you come on, you That's come home. You come in. And that was it, yeah. yeah. We, rode, we rode our bikes like a bunch of hoodlums all through the neighborhood because that's just what you did back then. Yeah. And that is simply not the case anymore. Uh, it's not. In fact, uh, in Jean's book, and she actually mentioned some stories uh, where – uh, parents who, in this case, were Gen Xers like ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, they let their kids, who were like, I think, 10 and 6, walk together to a neighborhood park that was less than a mile from home. And neighbors called wow. child services, and yeah. the parents got in big trouble. Like it was it's crazy, man. It was, their oh, neighbor- it was their neighborhood. It was not high traffic. And they remembered as kids growing up themselves, that this is what we did. Our parents let mm-hmm. us go do these things. And so they turn yep. around and let their kids uh, take the walk on the side, walk down to, to the park to play. And yep. you're seeing less of that. Parents are there with their kids more often, and it's becoming less acceptable socially in some circles to just let kids play in the yard, even yep. in your yard. If, if, a, yeah. if a parent's not there. And so Gen Z, a lot of them have grown up, a parent's always there. Like, Twangy also talks in her book about um, teenagers going somewhere by themselves for the first time and some of them relating how weird it felt. Like, I am walking to the store and I don't have a parent. They're like 16 years yeah. old and it's freaking them out. Yeah. And they're not walking through a bad neighborhood. There's nothing unsafe about it. It's just that this is the first time ever that they have not been accompanied by a parent. And something yep. as simple as walk to the store, buy a loaf of bread and come back. And mm-hmm. it's like a three block yeah. trek one way. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you a story. When I was in sixth grade, our class took a trip to Houston to Astro World, which was Six Flags in Houston, it's now closed. And I remember our teacher, there was, uh, there was like two teachers and maybe a couple of, a couple of chaperones for, I don't know, 40, 50 kids. It was like two, two, two classes put together. And they basically said, go in the park, meet back here at 7 PM. We're leaving. Yeah. And that was it. I was in sixth grade. I was 11, 12 years old, whatever. Roaming through the, a, 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 an amusement park with my friends with no adults watching us. We were on our own. Yeah. And I think about that now. And as a parent of Gen Zers, I doubt I would have done that. I'm just thinking like in this moment, I'm thinking, would I have turned my, my 12 year old loose in an amusement park without any kind of supervision 
probably not. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's astounding to me how much it's changed that we were trusted to, to walk eight, nine hours in an amusement park by ourselves yeah. without any adults really watching over us the whole time. They checked in on us every once in a while. They saw us, but it's just, it's just so different now that the teenagers are affected by it when they feel out of yeah. sorts when they're by themselves because mom and dad aren't here to help me. Yeah. And it's really, it's really a, a major shift in perspective. Yeah. And just so our listeners know that your story is not bizarre, like out no, of place. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, we went on a field trip to New Orleans to mm-hmm. the French quarter and we arrived that morning and our teacher said, get with someone who has a watch meet back here mm-hmm. at one thirty so that we oh can get God. on the bus. And so we had all day, like we got lunch on our own in the French, quarter. in the French quarter. And we just, at least we, I was in a fenced in area. Yeah, we, we were not. <laughs> and so, you know, that was the way that trip was every year. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like yeah. that was not abnormal. Like that was that what the expected trip was. And we were just told, you know, make sure you with someone with a watch, be back here at one thirty so that we can all load on the bus together. And off we went and we had a blast and we all got back on the bus. No harm, no foul. No one died. Nobody yeah. died. You know, nobody got scooped up by the boogeyman. Or abducted, yeah. Yeah, and so, but that's just the way it was. Like, that was not seen. Now, I, probably some parents are thinking, I, you all tell me right now the names of those teachers, you know, who planned yeah, exactly. those trips. You know. Exactly. Um, but, no, that was just, that was normal. So this is not an experience that Gen Zers have, uh, typically. Not at all. Uh, heavy supervision. Uh, mm-hmm or at least constant supervision in a lot of ways, maybe not heavy, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just an ever presence in their lives. And, and look, I, the phones have tracks on track, track trackers. Yeah. On. My, may, I have, I have two teenagers in my house who have cell phones and one's 18, one's 16 and we know where they are. I can look on that app anytime I want and I know where they are. You're like Batman. And yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, we don't check it often, especially with the older ones. We kind of let them go, but we always know. And that's just what it is now. And everyone has them. Um, yeah. It's an access that parents have to their lives that previous generations just didn't have. Right. You know, when you left the house, mom and dad didn't know exactly where, where you were going and what you were doing. That's exactly unless right. Unless they had some kind of secret informants in, in yeah. town somewhere. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it's a very, it's a very different mindset now. It is. It is. Um, but it's not, uh, not just um, that aspect of being accompanied or, or supervised. Uh, mm-hmm. that we're seeing with Gen Z, uh, we're seeing that Gen Z teens are less likely to get a job as teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that wasn't an option so much for a lot of people in our generation and previous generations. Exactly. Uh, you are expected to do some kind of work uh, yeah. in, informally before you were 16 and formally once you turned 16 and could legally mm-hmm. enter the workforce. Yeah. And right now we're seeing that uh, the there's a sharp decrease in the number of teens that are getting jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes like summer jobs, right? Yeah. You know, cause you know, there were some that just could not work during the school, uh, the school year for yeah, different sure. reasons. And yeah. they got a job sure. during the summer. We're seeing less of that now. And so it, it sort of uh, forces us to ask the question, well, are, are Gen Z teens just too busy to work? I mean, what's what's going on here? Well, 
according well, to the statistic, it. that's not the case at all. No, no. Um, if they do work, they work fewer hours on average. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't blame extracurricular activities for taking up all their time because we've not seen a significant rise in the participation in, in these activities. So they're not really right. doing more in that regard than previous generations. Exactly. Well, what about homework? Maybe the homework's just, it's piling up. No, they're actually spending less time on homework. And here's what's nuts. Gen Z, on average, has more leisure time than in than the previous generations. Yep. They actually have more time on their hands where they don't have to work, do extracurricular activities, do homework, than yep. millennials, Gen Xers, boomers and the like yeah and look if you're not going out with friends going out to eat if you're not going to the movies together who need you don't need the income right like for us growing right. up our parents our parents provided some things for us but then if you wanted all these other things in your life you had to have your own money to do it yeah. and if you don't work you don't get paid yeah. well if you can stay home like we mentioned before you can stay home and you can watch a movie with your friends all at your own houses on your own phones chatting with one another the whole time, then why do you need money to go out to watch a movie? You know, if mom and dad are paying for the, the streaming service to watch this, this, this movie or, or television show, why would you get a job to get money so you could go out when you can do the same thing at home, or at least in their mind is what they're thinking. Yeah. So for us, there was a necessity to get a job so that you could afford to do the things you wanted to do. Well, if you don't want to go out, if you don't want to spend time with people outside the hall, if you're not driving, paying for your own gas, then what do you need the income for? Right. And so this, again, this, this mindset affects so many parts of their lives. It's not just their interactions with people. It's their desire to get a license, their desire to get a job to take care of themselves, you know? And uh, I'm always encouraged when young people are sort of proactive to go find work. My, my oldest son uh, is home from college. They came back this week and, and he, um, has a great job lined up for the summer and I'm really excited for him. He's going to make good money. He's going to learn how to hopefully learn how to save some money. We're going to teach him some principles about saving and preparing for the future. And I'm encouraged by that. I know a lot of young people his age are not getting jobs. They just flop around, bum around the house all day and wait till the next big event comes up. And, uh, and so this, this, um, lack of desire to work is going to be a problem in the future because at some point, these kids have to grow up and get out of your house, yeah. right? And and what are they going to do if they never learned how to work, how to be responsible? This is a this is a huge uh, a, a huge issue for us going forward as a society. When you have close to eighty million young people, and many of whom have not learned that right. uh, those basic disciplines and work ethic, it's going to be a problem if we're not careful going forward. Yeah, we really have to to help this generation rediscover the value of work. And, yep. you know, when I was, when I was a missionary, it was common for me to get asked, particularly like, you know, um, high school, college. So what, what are the things that I should be doing if, if I feel God is calling me to be a missionary? Mm-hmm. And what they were expecting were things like, well, you should maybe get a seminary, seminary education or, you should take a short-term mission trip or you should really uh, do a deep study in the book of Acts or something to really just prepare. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
And this yeah. is my answer. After seeing it on the field, get a job. Yep. Get a job. You are get coming. Job. You are coming to the field with zero work experience, mm-hmm. and it and you are flaking out yeah. because you've never had that experience. It has nothing to do with your ability to do the work. It's just that all of a sudden you're forced to be an adult in another context, language, and culture. And you should have been working on that a few years ago when you were home yeah. in English speaking land. When you could have yeah, when, when you could have been Yeah, when you could have been flopping whoppers and, you know, washing dishes at the McDonald's or something and learning some skills that are going to be mm-hmm. transferable to anything yep. you do in life. And exactly. so, you know, you know, we said on the, the, the outset of this episode, you know, a lot of this stuff is not necessarily good or bad uh, in and of itself, but there can be some very negative uh, implications mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. and um, helping Gen Z rediscover the value of work is yeah. something that I think we can do. And I think it's positive. Um, and finding ways to do that, uh, it's yeah. going to be a challenge, but I yeah, think look, it'll help them in getting, the long run. Getting a job requires you sometimes to do things you don't want to do. Always. That's real life, right? Yeah. Like life is full of, of times when you have to do things you just don't want to do. Yeah. So having a, a job that maybe you don't love every aspect of or maybe anything of, it becomes a means to, to an end, <clears throat> which is to learn how to be an adult in every situation, not just in the ones that you choose for yourself. Yeah. And so having an employer, having a boss telling you what to do, having authority over you, which again goes back to Gen Z's lack of trust of authority. Yeah. I'm sort of trying to get out from under it, which is an interesting dichotomy with the, their their reluctance to get out from a mom, mom and dad's care. They still are distrusting of, of much authority in, in their lives. But having a job teaches you these skills, which again, like you said, transfer to so many other areas of, of life. And so it's, it's a coming on us as parents and grandparents to teach them these values yeah. so that they can be well, well served when they, when they get older. That's exactly right. So we've gone over uh, several things that uh, studies have shown regarding Gen Z and their delayed development into adulthood. So mm-hmm. now we want to talk about why. Yeah, uh, we've we've hinted at a few things, but you know there are some things that we can kind of point to specifically that help us understand why are we seeing this in this generation and not in previous generations. And so the first thing is that today's teens follow what can be called a slow life strategy. Mm-hmm. What in the world do we mean by a slow life slow strategy? Life. Like, you know, I say that I'm like. Man, can I sign up for that? <laughs> I could yeah. deal with some slow life every once in a while. But here's what we mean by that. Families are having fewer children. Okay, so we're seeing the average number of kids in a household uh, begin to decrease. We talked about Gen Z's uh, lack of desire for children uh, in previous yeah. episodes. And so that plays into So when you have fewer children in the family, then the parents begin to cultivate each child longer and more intensely. And, you know, think back when, let's just take um, like boomers, Mm -hmm. when so many of them grew up in rural agrarian uh, circumstances, Mm -hmm. well, you probably had a number of siblings. Uh, Families were a lot larger. 
And there was a practical need for a larger family because you had to work the farm. And you could not give specific, deep attention to one child and all their development because you've got five, six, seven, eight potentially (laughs) that you're having to deal with at once. And so you've got to be able to take care of the toddler and the 17-year-old and everything in between at the same time. And so what that does is it forces the other kids to have to start growing up earlier. They have to start taking care of themselves. Now you have more clear lines of demarcation for entering into adulthood, those rites of passages. And they, they come more often and they come earlier than they, than they do now. And so that's part of the reason that, that you see Gen Z on this slow grow is, is they follow this slow life strategy. There's, there's just not a, a push for them to have to take on some of the responsibility uh, and maturity that older generations were kind of forced into. Yeah. But how much, how much of this would you say is on them? On because Gen Z it, itself? On Gen Z, yeah, because it sounds like they are simply products of the environment that they were born into. Yeah, this is a lot of this is on, sits on parents. Because exactly. uh, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about growing into adulthood. Now what's what they do once they become adults, that's a different story. And that is on exactly. that is largely on Gen Z. So mm-hmm. right now you're talking about a shift in parenting. That, that is creating a slower development into adulthood for this particular yeah. generation. Yeah, and this is a discipleship issue, isn't it? It is a discipleship like, so, issue. Yeah, because this is where you can't allow the culture to dictate how you raise your child spiritually. So, yeah, exactly. you know, let's just be frank. You, you can, your child can probably catch up on adulthood developmentally maturity wise as they get out of your house, maybe a bumpy road, but they can, it's not too late. It's not impossible. Correct. Correct. But when we talk about spirituality and spiritual developments, you don't want your child to be delayed in their spiritual maturity and development because let's just reference our episode last week on worldview. Mm -hmm. You don't want to send them into the full-blown version of that worldview. Yes. Being spiritual infants, mm-hmm. right? So some of the things that, some of the attention that you may not give towards a child in their adult upbringing, we're like, yeah, you don't, you don't, look, don't worry about the driver's license just yet. That's fine. Or, you know, so-and-so's not, not dating. I thought maybe they, they would. Oh, no, no worries. We're not going to force the issue mm-hmm. on that. When you talk about spiritual development and maturity, you, you can't go, no, nah, that's okay. No worries. That's something that parents, yeah, we have to be on top right. of. Mm-hmm. And so whether you get a driver's license at 16 or at 19, doesn't matter in the long run. But whether or right. not you understand, acknowledge, and submit to the authority of Scripture at a younger age versus an adult matters a lot. Huge, yes. Exactly. And so exactly. we can't we can't 
let our kids and grandkids go on the the slow grow path for discipleship. Uh, we have yeah, to be look, very intentional in the home. The a church in America is feeling the effects of our um, a lack of of expecting our kids to grow up in their spirituality, in their theology, in their doctrine. So now, in the age we're in now, we're seeing the sort of the children of that that kind of mid 20th century, late 20th century model where you programmed discipleship and it became part yeah. of the um, sort of the, um, the entertainment industry. We just got to get people in the door. And so what we're seeing now is young people, th- those young people are now having their own children and they didn't have the skills when they were young developed in them to now disciple the next generation. And so the next generation is growing up with that same kind of spiritual immaturity. And I think you and I would agree that a person's spiritual development is going to affect all those other areas of life, right? Yes. If, you, if you're walking with Christ and you understand what that means, it's going to affect your dating relationships, your online uh, re- relationships, your work ethic, your understanding of the world, worldview. All those things are affected by your spiritual development. And so maturity takes on a completely uh, different meaning for those that have been discipled really well, and that's on to go back to where we started with this part of the conversation. It goes back to the parents. It's on them to to understand why this is happening, and then what we can do to to sort of steer this in the right direction. Yeah, and one of the things that you know, want to cautious caution parents on is understanding the difference between protection and preparation. Yes. So we we talked about the Gen Z worldview. And, you know, there's some of those things that, you know, they, they make your eyes go wide. They, they kind of make mm-hmm. you, your, your palms sweat a little bit. Like, oh, That's my goodness. Scary, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. And so what we don't want to do is go into full protection mode. Let, let me wrap this kid in bubble wrap you yeah, know, exactly. uh, and yeah. stick them in a closet somewhere. And when they're 18, I'll unleash them on the world. You know, yeah. I, I, and again, this goes back to, Cause then they'll be ready. They'll be ready. They'll be ready. Cause they'll be, yeah. they'll be physically, mentally developed. Well, mm-hmm. that's not true either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we now know that, that men and women don't fully develop mentally until they're about 24, 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And so they're not ready at 18. And no. so we, we have to learn to teach our kids how to be prepared. Yeah. How do you look at the world around you, ask the right questions, and see things from the biblical perspective the way you need to so that when you are confronted with some of these things that are scary, you, yeah. you don't go, oh, my goodness, I, where do, this is out of the blue. And then you kind of get, <laughs> you get bamboozled into thinking something yeah. wrong because you fall for a faulty argument, mm-hmm. um, you know you're you're ready. You've 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 seen this before in some form, and you've been taught yep. by your parents in, in in partnership with your local church how to think critically on these things, how to think biblically on these things. And so, for the parents, they need tools. They need tools that they can use to disciple their kids, and then as a church. It's on us to provide those tools. And mm-hmm. look, it's not easy on either end of this process because no, we're, no, we're all kind of all. navigating this in the moment. 
Nope, nobody. We can't call timeout. Timeout. We gotta go figure this out. <laughs> parents, Pause for a minute. parents, yeah. timeout. Life, timeout. Yeah. Work, timeout. Culture, timeout. Church, timeout. We we need to go sit on the bench and drop some plays here, and then we'll throw everybody back in the game. It doesn't work that way. We're just sort of everything's inaudible, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so you know, parents and the church have to work in in concert mm-hmm. with their kids and put that focus where it needs to be in the home on preparation so that they can handle life and a crazy worldview that is far from God without yes. flinching the first time they, they encounter some of these things yeah. outside of the home and when their parents aren't standing there. Right. Yeah. And this, this goes back again to, to the role of the family and the church to help help prepare our young people yeah. and afford these challenges that they're going to face for sure. Yeah. So while we don't have a survival mentality as far as growing up as adults, right? Like mm-hmm. back when, like say our, our parents weren't, you know, there's, there was a survival mentality. Yeah. Like I need to learn these skills because there's expectations put on me. And if I don't do it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to struggle. And so yeah. while we don't have it there, we, we should understand that we need to keep a survival mentality when it comes to our spiritual development for us as Absolutely. parents and for our children and uh, Gen Z and the future generations, especially uh, as this world changes rapidly. So while they may grow slowly in their development as an adult, um, we should not seek to have them on the same path spiritually uh, yeah, because yeah. their hearts, their minds are ready and they are being molded by something and someone. And that needs to be us as parents being directed by God and his word uh, to, to shape them, prepare them uh, for the eventual life outside the home, regardless of when that may be or in what form that may take. Because again, it, it doesn't matter if their first date isn't, you know, some sort of Sadie Hawkins dance when they're 15. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter when it comes to eternity. Right. What exactly. does, what exactly. does matter is what they know and understand about Christ, his gospel and what they're going to do with it as they, as they encounter uh, a, a fallen broken world. That's exactly right. And so the, the, the slow growth that they are experiencing um, is not necessarily a, um, a bad thing for us in the sense that we have some time, not, not, not a lot of time, but we, we need to take, make, make the most of the time we've been given as they're growing to shape, to help shape them in the right ways, um, and, and, and teach them the right things about all these issues that we've already discussed today, um, about what it means to grow into adulthood. Uh, since they're not in a rush, um, let's teach them the, uh, the importance of these values. So that when they do kind of arrive at that point where they're out of the house and they're on their own and they're hopefully working and have their own families and they seem to enter into that phase of adulthood, um, that that they can be trustworthy and, and know that they're going to take care of themselves and those around them. Uh, this is a huge challenge. And listen, every generation's faced this in some degree. Uh, but now with the onset of, of digital media and the ways in which young people communicate, there's some added layers of, of challenge that that are um, they, they could hinder us from doing this if we're not careful. And so being mindful about these things, being wise about these things, 
um, is, is the way in which we, we, we kind of progress forward to help our children and grandchildren grow in these ways. All right, that is going to conclude this episode and this series on Gen Z. I'm sure we have created more questions than we've provided answers at this point. And so you are always welcome to engage with us. As I mentioned before, uh, you can email us at footnotable at fbcbr.com with your questions. You can go onto our Facebook page, Footnotable Podcast. Uh, and ask questions directly there. You can message us through the through the page itself, and you can even go on our Instagram account at Footnotable and use the direct message feature to engage with us there. We're always happy to to answer questions, uh, to dialogue with you about things that uh, have caused you to uh, to think and uh, things that maybe you're not one hundred percent sure of, like more clarification. Uh, we welcome them. So ask All away. Yes, absolutely. And while you're at those pages, be sure to like and subscribe and follow us. And if you can, uh, go to iTunes or any a podcast app that allows for ratings and review and give us a, a sincere five star rating. Sincere. Sincere five Very sincere. Just if you, if you mean the words, you can put them down there as long as they are accompanied by five stars. Five. That's right. Because it does help others find this content find and interact it. with it. And uh, we it's want all that about the much. algorithm. The algorithm, Dave. That's the yeah. word. Algorithm. Algorithm. Yep. That, that dude is, is always playing with the math. All right. That's right. So we will start a new series next week. Be looking to our social media feeds to find out Mm -hmm. our upcoming episode schedules. We've got some great things in store, and we'll be posting on those soon. But until then, once again, may the 4th be with you, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.